This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. I just get so blessed on these days when I can sit down and chat with you concerning the Word of God and share from God's Word those things that He seems to be saying to my own heart. It's great. I'm grateful for this chance just to share with you by way of radio. Thanks for being there. Well, our Lord Jesus has sent his disciples uh, to a place where the Passover meal is to be prepared, the Seder. And uh, they did. They made it ready. And it said in the evening, this is verse 17 of Mark chapter 14, in the evening he cometh with the twelve. Now it says, and as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. Boy, that's heavy, isn't it? They began to be sorrowful and say to him one by one, Is it I? And others said, It is I. And he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would good for work for that man if he had never been born. One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. The psalmist in prophetic words said, I was wounded in the house of my friends. Our Lord Jesus Christ was not immune to the heartbreak of being betrayed by someone who had been very close to him. It says, himself carried our griefs and bore our sorrows. Has it ever occurred to you, and I'm talking now to hundreds of people who have suffered the heartache of some other human being failing you. Husband walked away from you, or a wife walked away from you, or a sweetheart broke up with you, or a wayward daughter or prodigal son broke your heart as a parent. Somebody very close to you, in other words, has been the cause of your heartbreak. Now, all of my talk isn't going to make it hurt any less. I know that. When your heart is breaking, you don't want advice. You want just somebody to love you and understand you. I know that. And I do. But let me tell you something. Jesus, our blessed Lord, suffered the heartbreak of being betrayed by somebody who had been very close to him. Can you imagine living with and traveling with and ministering with a person for three years and then have that person turn you over to the authorities and betray you? Something, I tell you. Because our Lord Jesus really loved these men. John 13 said, Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And that's divine agape, Calvary love. It wasn't wasn't any kind of a flimsy relationship. It was the outpouring of God's heart of redeeming love, agape love, Calvary love, John 3.16 kind of love. He loved them unto the end, and that included Judas Iscariot. I want you to know that Jesus knows how you feel today, beloved. And some of you are right on the cutting edge of sorrow, and it hurts so bad, and your tears are falling, and 
and some of the rest of you have cried so much there isn't any more cry left, no more tears, but it hurts just as bad. Would you turn today to your blessed Savior and let him comfort you? Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 said, Blessed be the God, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. He comforteth us in all our troubles, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves were comforted of God. Jesus wants to put his tender hand upon your hurting heart today, my friend, so that you can help somebody else. Would you let him do it? Would you turn just now to the Savior and say, Oh, Christ, I give all of this to thee. I give my feelings and my hurts and my disappointment and my rage and my questions. I give it all over to thee. Give me your comfort and your blessing just now. He will, I promise you. Well, he said, One of you, one of the twelve, that dippeth with me in the dish. Now, having said that, He institutes what we now know as the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper. As they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they'd sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Here we have the institution of what we now call the Lord's Supper. What is the significance of all of that? Well, of course, you go over to 1 Corinthians 11 for an explanation of it, don't you? That's the classic passage. Paul said, I have received of the Lord that which also uh, I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now he said, do it in remembrance of me. There is some value in remembering what the Lord has done for you. It quickens the heart with love and gratitude And it also stimulates the conscience to measure up to the will of God. This do in remembrance of me, verse 24, 1 Corinthians 11, the the broken bread. And then verse 25, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. To remember that the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, that he was subjected to that mock illegal trial, that he was scourged until his body was a mass of bloody ribbons, that he was uh, uh, had the, the, the crown of thorns placed upon his head, those two-inch needle-sharp thorns that grow in that part of the world, tearing the very, the very flesh of his scalp as that uh, so-called crown was placed upon him. The Lord Jesus hanging upon the cross, 
with spikes through wrists and ankles, and uh, uh, his body so placed with bent knees that he had to exert effort every time he breathed. Victims of crucifixion didn't die of loss of blood. They died of generally of suffocation when they became too weak to lift their body for one more breath. The diaphragm uh, was pressed so tightly up against the lungs in that hanging position that they had to lift the body every time they breathed. And so finally they got to the place where they couldn't do it and died that way. This is what the authorities tell us. There he hung upon the cross, Jesus, our blessed Lord. He said, remember me. Now, what is the value of all this? Is it to be morbid about it and try to work oneself up into some kind of an emotional uh, feeling or other? No, I don't think so. God never asks us to be morbid. He never asks us to be hysterical. And he never asks us to be emotional for emotion's sake. What he does ask is that we be realistic. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, said Paul. Himself for me. Jesus died for me. This is the truth that you and I must never forget. It's possible to be caught up in the observance of religion that has become habitual, to where it doesn't really mean that much anymore. But you know, and I know, the reality of a life that was given. There's a memorial somewhere concerning a G.I. who, having seen a, a live grenade thrown in the midst of a clump of his buddies, threw his body on top of it and was blown into eternity when it exploded. The rest of them had their lives saved because this courageous young soldier threw his body on that live grenade and saved their lives. He died for me. I am alive today because he died. That was the stark reality of what they saw when they looked at that shattered body. They knew the truth of it. God doesn't ask you to be morbid. He doesn't ask you to be highly emotional. He doesn't ask you to try to create some kind of religious hysteria. What he does ask is that you not forget. Jesus died for me. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Then the other thing he said was, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. There's a testimony involved in this ceremonial meal. When we do this, when you go and take communion, you are saying to all the world, Jesus died for me. I have given myself to him, and he is coming again for me. That's what you're saying. When you drink this cup and eat this bread, he said, ye show that's a, that's a witness. That's a statement. That is a manifestation of the truth of where you are, or as the kids say, where you're coming from, till he come. You're, you're actually saying, Jesus died for me. I don't care who knows it. He died for me and rose again for me. Second, I'm his. I've given myself to him. I'm his. Third, he's coming again for me.
and I'm looking for him. That is the meaning, according to 1 Corinthians 11, of the Lord's Supper. And then he adds, Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, because if you do so unworthily with sin in your heart, guilt is also still there. And so it's not only a statement, it's not only a a witness of your faith in Christ and your expectation of his second coming, but it's also a source of self-examination and repentance. Let a man examine himself. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged, said Paul. Would you today, whether or not you go to the communion table today, would you today stop and say, Lord Jesus, cleanse my heart. I want to have a clean heart. If I would judge myself, I wouldn't be judged, you said. And so I just bring myself to you today and ask that my heart might be cleansed of every wrong. He'll do it for you. Yes, he will. Dear Father, today, may we always remember our blessed Savior and live in the light of his love for us. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.